Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> there we go. How's everybody feeling today? Come on, are you happy to be in church today? You're here. So you might as well be happy and joyful. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always elated to, to share God's word with you. And, and for those of you who don't know me online or at West or at any of our spots, my name is Bradford. I'm one of the pastors here. I do life with our young people. I love our young people. Uh, they mean so much to me. And I am so, so, so excited for what God has to share today. You know, I believe that God has something special to say like today. And uh, some, it might be some like, reminders for some of us, but I believe that you're going to walk away here with confidence and, and, and faith that God is ruling and reigning. Amen? Amen. We've been in a, in a series uh, called Beholding Jesus, and last week we talked about God with us. How many of you guys are thankful that God is with you? Come on, he, he's with you in your pain. He's with you in, in sorrow and trial and in problems and situations. But today, I want to talk about God above us. Not just God with us in the moment, but God above us. And it's my prayer that you would see God above you and that he is over time and that he is moving and he's working and he is working in your life. And he is working in my life. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bibles, won't you uh, turn with me to Luke chapter 2? Luke chapter 2. We're going to be right in the Christmas story today. Luke chapter 2. And if you're quiet, that's okay. My wife's here, so I know she will shout me down today. Um, I wore uh, black today so I can look a, a little slimming, but I, I realize that you might not be able to see me, so, so I'll smile in case you have a hard time seeing me at all. It's okay. I chose slimming over being hidden. Anyways, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius, yes, I practiced that, was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, and then to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time had come for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because (laughs) there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And then angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people that today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. 
that you will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of, of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father God, we thank you for your presence today. We ask God that you would speak to us, that you would challenge us, and that you would inspire us through your word today. Lord, we love you today. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. amen. Here's what I want to do. I want to really break this scripture down. Really, like, really break down what is happening in this passage. And you know what? We're going to start from the top. We're going to start from the very beginning, in those days. Say, in those days. Online, type in the chat, say, in those days. Because in those days, it has huge truth and implications for what is happening in our day. In those days, in a few moments, we're going to learn some history today. Is that all right with you? We're going to learn some history. Back in that time, back in the ancient world, Rome was the dominant power of the age. And around 44 BC, a man by the name of Julius Caesar, we all know who he is, and he was one bad mamma jamma. Julius Caesar was the guy, the, 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 the figure that would soon to develop and grow Rome as it was. And around 44 BC, he was assassinated because, you know, back in that time, back in history, people backstabbed everyone and poisoned everyone and, you know, don't drink that cup and all that. Like, like, it was murder all over the place. Now, before Julius Caesar died, he didn't have a, a heir that was a direct heir to the throne. So he begins to find his heir, and so he begins to adopt a man by the name of Gaius Octavius. Gaius Octavius was soon his, his uh, distant uh, nephew. And so he begins to raise him up to become the next heir to the throne. This man, of course, becomes the next uh, leader figure of Rome, and he begins to develop Rome to be the most dominant force, unstoppable force in the ancient world. This man was by the name of Caesar Augustus. Caesar means exalted one. Caesar Augustus was what some might say was the most ruthless, the most brutal, but the most dominant historical figure in all of Rome. And Caesar begins to spread Rome to what it is today. I mean, it spreads to, the, uh, to um, all of Europe, it begins to spread to the Mediterranean, all the way down to even parts like of Africa. And Caesar's main goal was that this would be the most dominant place. So, so around 3-4 BC, Caesar is sitting and he's just kind of bored and trying to figure out what's, what's going on, what's happening. And then he begins to issue a decree. He's like, I want to know who everyone is in my territory, in my domain. So thus it, it begins to move people to back to their hometown to begin to be registered, thus to be taxed. So here is the most powerful man in the planet. 
after war and other things, and he's wondering, how can I abuse my power? And so he begins to say, you know what? I'm going to start a decree. I'm going to say a mandate, which, of course, us in the 21st century, we have no idea what it feels like to be under a mandate, do we? <laughs> we don't know what it feels like to be under an executive order. And so a man is trying to abuse his power, trying to use and wield his power to the whole land, and he begins to push people and force people out to go register so that they can be taxed. But what Caesar doesn't know is that Caesar stamped the divine plans of God. <laughs> Caesar was trying to abuse his power and use his free will to abuse power, but yet something was happening. Is that God used Caesar to push Mary and Joseph out of the town to go to the right place, to the right time, to the right day, in fulfillment of prophecy that Jesus, our Messiah, would born and would fulfill the prophecy, Mike 5, verse 2, or Micah 5, verse 2, sorry, there is no Mike in the gospel, in the book of the Bible, <laughs> Micah, sorry, Micah 5, 2, and there Jesus is born. At the right day, at the right time, at the right, right town. Can we for a moment, can we just thank Caesar real quick? Can we just thank Caesar? Thinking that he was abusing his power that he thought he had. <laughs> Using the power that he thought he had and trying to issue a mandate and a decree that he thinks that people won't be able to contest, but God in heaven's like, they may not contest it, but I'm running it. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Oh, we can stop right there and close the book and go home. Jesus, God says, you are using the power that I allow to fulfill what I had in store. Man, you cannot plan anything better than that. It's as if there's a God somewhere. <laughs> you can't look at the Christmas story and not believe in God. Because the events and the chaos that was happening and, and, and people's blood pressure was up because they were stressed. They're like, oh no, I gotta pay more tax. I gotta pay more money. But God was up to something. And in those days, our Christmas story begins. In those days, what are those days for you? What are those days for me? We are living in those days. Pressure and chaos and troubles and situations and panic and fear and chaos and, and powers is trying to rule and trying to reign and trying to push us and trying to do all things, but yet God is declaring to his people, I'm up to something. I'm moving. I'm working. And right in the middle of what may seem chaotic, God is doing something in history. God is doing something in the story. That he is not just God with us, which is great, but will you see today a God above you? What's your story today? What are in those days for you? 
We all have those days. We have stories. Every single one of us, we have stories that is marked by pain and twists and turns and ups and downs and good and bad and mountains and valleys. Detours all around us. But yet God is saying, I'm up to something. <laughs> I'm working. I'm, I'm moving. And if God can orchestrate the events of history and begin to orchestrate the, the meta narrative of scripture to this moment, what makes you think that God is not ruling over your story? Oh, I'm preaching to myself today. If God is ruling and reigning over time, he is above time, he is transcendent, what makes you think that God is not in control of the story? If God was ruling and reigning 2,000 years ago and before that, and before the beginning of time, what makes you think that God is still not ruling today? Woo! Oh, buddy. That excites me. Because here's the truth. Is that man may make his decrees, but God decides history. Ooh, online, please say amen in the chat real quick. Here's the truth. Is that man may make its decrees, but God decides history. And that is so much hope for us. That is so much hope for you and for me is that even over the story that God is still in charge. God is still moving. Man may make his decrees, but God decides history. If nothing is too big for God, then nothing is too small for him either. And God is so amazing and so loving and so gracious that he would step into time, into space, and kind of get into the details of the story. That just the timing of everything is so weird that they would move at that right time and then begin the journey from Nazareth then to Bethlehem, which was a 90-mile journey. But yet God was even over that. Can you imagine traveling 90 miles with a fully 40-week pregnant woman? Have you done that? I have five times. Yeah, there was some bickering and arguing and probably like, okay, we got to go, we got to go. Come on, we're almost there. We're almost there and we're almost there. And then God at the right time, somehow just the, the, the baby comes and Jesus is here and then the host of angels come and then the shepherds just see this and they come and they see this. And then there was this announcement of glory to God in the highest. And then like, you cannot plan that perfectly. But yet God is the perfect planner. You know, sometimes we think that God's perfect will is perfect circumstances. We think that that I'm in the perfect will of God as long as life is great and, my, and, and, and it's flowery and it's rosy. But I've lived long enough that sometimes God's perfect will is imperfect circumstances. That I've lived long enough to see that sometimes God's will is when the wind is blowing and the tent is pulling off the ground. 
When, when the ground is shaky and when, when the world around you is falling over, that when, when all around you is chaos, that sometimes God's perfect will is, is exactly slap dab in the middle of suffering and pain and loss and grief and toil and confusion and frustration. But let me just remind you that God is still ruling that God is still reigning, that God is still above time. Not just time, but your time. And we see this all throughout like our lives. Like, like we all have stories and testimonies where we are wondering, how did you get from there to there? How did you survive that? How did you walk through this situation, but yet God found you and redeemed you and changed you and met you and, and, and delivered you and free you because God's plan is sure. And we celebrate people's lives and stories where God comes down from time and from space and he cares enough to step into my story and change my life and meet with me. And even in the messes that I make, even the failures that I cause, that God, that those failures, those, me those messes can't thwart the plans and the purposes of God if you would trust him and walk with him. Man may make decrees, but God determines history. I love what Paul says in Galatians 4. He says this, and this is what's happening all around us like today. This, this scripture is going to provide us so much hope. Hear this. Paul says this in, in chapter 4, verse 4. He says, but when the set time had fully come. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive adoption to sonship. You know, like in this Advent season, we're all... Waiting, like, for stuff. Waiting for freedom. Waiting for victory. Waiting for healing. Waiting for promotion. Waiting for, waiting for all these things. Would you consider this scripture that's hope for us? That God had a set time for Jesus to be born so that we can be adopted as sons and as daughters. You know, I've learned that, that often my time of things is not God's timing. I've lived long enough where sometimes the time that I want, that I want to see this happen and see this happen in my family and this happen in my life and this happen in my finances and, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and maybe this is your story. Maybe this is your story online today that you are waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and I have come to tell you that his timing may not be your timing. It may not be the timing that you desire. When is this COVID thing going to be over? It might not be your timing. When can we just be free? When can my kids just relax and enjoy? His timing might not be your timing, but I have never known God to not be on time. And he always comes right on time. So what are you waiting for? What are you believing God for? What are you wanting God to do in your life? Can I remind you that the Christmas story reminds us that God is on 
time. And we think that waiting is wasting. That if God makes me wait, I'm wasting time. This is costing me too much. I'm waiting too long. But God's plans is sure, that God's purpose is cemented in stone. God's love is written in the stone. You know that song by Earth, Wind, and Fire, for all of you who know them? Earth, Wind, and Fire, that song written in the stone. It's like, my love is written in the stone. Hey, right? God's love and God's plan for you and for me is written in the stone. Man may make its decrees, but God determines history. You know, this holiday season, this Christmas, it means that if God is ruling in history, it means that God is ruling in your story. And someone here or someone at West or someone at Halifax or online, you need to hear this is that if God is ruling over time and ruling over history, that means that God is ruling your story. And it means that God is not done with you yet. And if it ain't good, then God's not done. Come on, somebody. If it ain't good yet, then God is not done. Now, I know that is not very grammatically correct. But let's just have some, some, some swag in the place today. Let's just have some slang. If God ain't good, then God's not done. Come on, say this with me. Say, say if it ain't good, then God is not done. So here's a, here's a few um, thoughts I want to leave with you um, before we leave. And it's these three truths that as you are waiting and you are in the middle of chaos and there's stuff around you. Here's these three truths that I want to leave with you. Is that one is that God is still in control. That he is reigning, that he is ruling, that he is above you, that he is moving, that when the smoke clears, when time ends, he will be the one standing, that there is no one beside him, there is no one like him, that he is reigning, ruling, he is above all, and he is still in control, that not even Caesar Augustus can thwart the plans of God. If not Caesar, then not Justin Trudeau or Biden, God is still in control. That wherever you are, whether you are in your home or in the hospital and you have questions and you're trying to figure out what is happening in my life or or tragedy has happened in your life and your family, let me remind you that God is still in control. That's one truth. Second is this, is that God is still good. That he is not some person who has power, who wants to abuse it and and. Lord over you, that he's, not just, that, that he's not just in control, but he is good, that he has a heart for you, that he wants to turn everything for good, that he wants to work with you, and he wants to work for you. God is still good. He is not just ruling and reigning and in, and in control, but he is still good, that he actually has a heart for you. And lastly is this, is God is still writing the story. Maybe uh, 2021 hasn't been the year that that you hoped for. I remember in 2020, we were pumped for 2021. 
weren't we, right? We had parties even. We were like, yeah, it's 2021. It's going to be the best ever. And then 2021 came. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one. And there's been some twists and some turns and some hiccups and some, maybe like for you, some, some back peddling and some, some loss and some tragedy. And you know what? I can't promise you that 2022 will be great and awesome. But what I can promise you is that there is a God that's still ruling and reigning. Maybe you're grieving today or, or maybe you're frustrated and you're like, God, will this ever end? Will this ever stop? And God is still writing the story. Maybe like for this year you had, like you're triggered and, 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 and you failed or you had a, a, a moral failure and God is still telling you, I'm still writing the story. I've been praying for us as, as, we, as we hear this word. I just keep, kept hearing God say, I'm still writing. I'm still writing the story. And God wants to meet with you. Let the one above you rest you. Let the one above you still you. Let the one above you calm you. Let the one above you, fill you, and just overwhelm you, and all the things that, that want to take your affections, and your allegiance, and your attention, and the news, and the media, let the one above you make you rest. See, man's plan was to tax us, but God's plan was to pay for us. Man's plan was saying, you pay up. And God had a plan. He said, no, I'll pay for you. And he sent his son Jesus, born in a manger at the right moment, at the right time, at the right town, declaring an announcement that's not just a story that's for Christmas or a story that's for Caesar or a story that's for Mary and Joseph, but it's a story for you. He said, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth. That's not just for them, that's for you and for me, that this is not just the story, this is my story is that God came right on time. 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 That while we were yet still sinners, that God sent his son to die on a cross for you and for me. What are you waiting for? Maybe life for you is upside down, but let me remind you there is one sitting on the throne whose throne is decidedly right side up. That God is for you, that God is above you. And so for us as Christians, the distinctiveness like for us as Christians this holiday season is not that we're like a little more nicer 
or a little more generous. But this story reminds me that I can be confident in history. In this moment, 2021, that God is still ruling and reigning over your life and over my life and over your story and over your kids, that God is ruling and reigning, that he is not just God with us, but he is God above us. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, we love you today. God, thank you for this truth that you are King Jesus. That man may make its like decrees. That life may make its like decrees over our life. That we may have to walk 90 miles to be exactly where you want us to be. But God, you're still ruling and reigning. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would just be reminded that this Christmas story means that, God, you're still ruling and reigning over my story. That where there have been detours and mistakes and things that we can't explain and things that we can't figure out why these things happen and why the world hasn't opened up again and why tragedies happen and why loss happen and why the things of the things of the earth happen. We don't know why, but God, I pray that you would fill us with trust today. That like David said in Psalm 27, that I will remain confident, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will wait for the Lord. Psalm 27. So Lord, we trust you today with our lives. We trust you with our story. We trust you with our mistakes. God, we trust you with our kids. Lord, we trust you with our stories. God, we trust you with everything today that you will make all things work together for the good of those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we all said, amen. amen.